The Everyman Pod. The Everyman Podcast. Cast. Let's go. Everyman Podcast. Big dog, Daryl Campbell. How are you, my brother? Bro, need this like I need air to breathe right now with my bro. Sitting I know. down. I know. Let's do it. Clang it and bang it. It's been a minute. We've had a little bit of a, a wild couple of weeks here, but we're back, baby. So listen. I know you just got yeah. back from the combine. Mm-hmm. And you were watching super athletes in their underwear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. fucking putting on a spectacle. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And and we normally yeah. we get into detail on it. But you know what? I'm glad you're back. The combine back, back seemed very combine like. <laughs> I saw, you can't I saw get more more combine than combine. <laughs> I saw the guy from Kentucky who's now on my radar. I just like how yeah. I like his attitude. Yeah. Whoever that quarterback is, Anthony Green or Anthony something, Richardson, yeah, Richardson, yeah, boy, yeah, he's a he's a stud, man. What a stud! <laughs> he's a stud. But bro. I now know enough to know that. It's all wild speculation, and none of this mm-hmm. means really anything. Yep. And Mel Kuyper doesn't know anything. Matthew Barry doesn't know anything. Adam Sch- none of, but nobody knows anything allegedly. And it's all allegedly. It's all just a crapshoot. So I'm just I'm dialed in. Once it is like July, mm-hmm. with all mm-hmm. due respect. Yeah, yeah. Because who who the fuck knows? Nobody knows, man. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. No, if anybody knows. knew, you know what they'd be doing. Making the correct pick every year for a gajillion dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's Slapping how you know. Some NFTs. Yeah. I don't think someone like a Mel Kuyper would be on television if they were. You know in what I mean? No, for real. If they really, you know what I mean? I reckon they'd be uh, in the league. But Dude, I, f- I found that people pay more for that speculative approach than oh, the actual. Speculate. I'll you speculate know what I mean? like, all fucking day. Yeah. Wild speculation. That's my, uh, that's my MO. So mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, uh, I've been alluding to my, uh, upcoming trip here, my hog hunt. Hog and, hunt. and I've also, you know, a couple times in the last maybe five, six months started talking about, you know, my use of firearms and mm-hmm. what I think about that and just not mm-hmm. from a political or philosophical standpoint, but just from a, practical use standpoint. Yep. And when we were getting ready to move out to Texas, one of the things that I was like a selling point was like, well, hunting is is a way of life there. It's something I'm interested in. And they've got this feral hog problem, wild boars, and uh, they're all over the place. And they're, you know, it's something that I could ethically hunt and, it's a good thing for the environment. It's a good thing. Uh, helps out farmers. Helps actually the environment by getting rid of an invasive species that's messing up waterways and eating food that makes other animals. Like there's a whole ecosystem at play. And like sometimes you got you, you have to keep a certain balance of animals. That's why mm-hmm. there's you know deer hunting because if there was unlimited deer, there would be no you know anything else for any other animal mm-hmm. uh, or food for us. So anyway. One of my big goals for our first year in Texas was I want to go on a successful hog hunt. So mm-hmm. I, as soon as like I was already looking into it prior to us getting here 
and I was really researching it once we once we landed and had a house and everything was set and then I keyed in on like okay what do I need firearm wise mm-hmm. get that then I start reading you know the way I am dude I, I obsess over things and I've learned how to channel it into mostly productive but largely expensive hobbies mm-hmm. um, and I bounce from item to item and it keeps me out of trouble and it, it keeps me busy and feeling happy I thought if you thought being a musician's expensive being a fucking hunter is like I mean it is yeah. it is a yeah. whole another level of fucking granular shit that you need to have <laughs> on lockdown because you're at the end of the day you're dealing with you know wild animals so there's mm-hmm. like a whole there's a whole thing going on uh, so one of my goals was to get a hog uh, and I wanted to go end to end on it. I call it like I want to get it. I want to learn how to process the animal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I love to smoke meat. I got the smoking Consumers. down and I was like, I want to I want to cook this and feed it to my family and like be able to know that I can provide from zero to to 100 all the way through mm-hmm. you know what i mean from top to bottom soup to nuts baby that i could do it and that i have the skills and sharpen those skills because i don't know if you've been paying attention but shit's getting fucking weird mm-hmm. and i'm not even trying to hide it anymore you know yeah it's a, po- a, po- a power of positivity podcast but let me tell you something brother this shit's getting weird and it's been getting progressively weirder and weirder and weirder and it's like uh, I don't know what quite to make of anything from the UFOs to the uh, upheaval in every aspect of life and economy. I don't know what to make of it, and I'm not going to comment on it, but I'm just going to be intelligent enough to prepare myself. So learning Absolutely. learning how to hunt was part of that. Learn, we're going to start a garden here. I want to learn how to can stuff. I just want to know some practical shit. And whether or not... I ever need to use these skills, I'd rather have them and not need them than need them and not have them. You know what I'm saying? This is true. What if a fucking, we just had a, a alleged Chinese spy balloon flying over the country. What if they, what if a fucking EMP gets dropped in Dallas? The fuck am I going to do with uh, no internet, no books? You know, believe it or not, I don't have mm-hmm. a lot of books lying around mm-hmm. that aren't autobiographies of pro wrestlers or Navy SEALs. <laughs> a little unusual for me. So I started, and it started really like last July when I got, so I went on a work trip, came back, got situated. And when you came out here in August, mm-hmm. I was like just at the beginning of the, that routine of going, I joined a range, was going every Saturday, I was really learning, really reading, yeah, really yeah, practicing, yeah, yep. and, and like practicing specific skills because I knew that like, much like my new my current career path, I never thought I'd end up at this point, and everybody else around me has a lot of experience. I got to figure out how to kind of cut some fat out and learn the fundamentals. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, you know, instead of practicing, uh, you know, eight inch groups, I was started just right off the bat. Like I'm going to, I need to be able to hit a quarter from 25 yards. If I can't hit a quarter from 25 yards, three times in a row, I'm not going to be able to ethically. Cause that's the key thing about hunting. Daryl is ethically harvest this animal, you know, because you can't just, 
pump it full. It's not like a fucking Wild West and you can just shoot it 30 times. No, because you want to eat this. You This is food and you got to respect the animal and you don't want to make it suffer for no reason. So your intention is to fire one shot and it be a clean ethical kill, you know, and mm-hmm. depending on what kind of animal it is, it's all different areas. So the thing about wild hogs, brother, is these are some tough motherfuckers. They are, they are large and in charge and mm-hmm. they are, <laughs> they are like, Dude, they're, they're the size of you. They can like, be up to like 800 pounds or something insane. Like I think the, the heaviest one might've been like 750 pounds in Arkansas, but they're, <sighs> they're huge huge and they are nasty they look like little monsters and they've got mm-hmm. these gnarly teeth and the older ones get big ass tusks but their mm-hmm. teeth bro like and we were looking at them closely obviously yeah they're like little razor blades like their teeth are molars that are maybe you know the size of a dime each tooth mm-hmm. And they are fucking sharp as razor blades all the way around. And they're huge and thick and just, it's wild. Like these are big, big, tough animals and they're predator animals. They go, they eat coyotes. They'll eat a cat. They'll eat dogs. They kill people. They'll eat people. Um, If they see you, they'll rush you. They're not, they're not afraid of people at all. Like they just, they come for you and they're nothing to be uh, fucked with. Like there, it's not an easy, there's no, first of all, what I learned is there's no such thing as easy hunting. And anyone who's not around hunters, because I'm the first hunter in my family, I'm pretty sure, except my grandfather who, you know, was in the war. So he did a different kind of hunting. But uh, there's no hunters anywhere that I'm aware of. Um, So I didn't have this, like, in Texas, it's tradition. You're a little boy, son or daughter, you're learning to hunt at age five, six, seven years old. And Mm -hmm. you're doing it all the way through adolescence and into adulthood, you know, like you're, you're, you're learned and it's a way of life here. And I'm starting at 33 years old and I'm just trying to catch up. Yeah. And you know, there's different ways of doing all sorts of hunting. There's, you know, in Texas, it's, it's, I think something North of 98% of the land in Texas is privately owned, which is because Texas was its own country for nine Mm -hmm. years. So everything was spoken for. Uh, so it's not like Pennsylvania where you have, or even New Jersey where you have public hunting where like anyone can go get their tag during that season. Anybody can go up there and you just wear your hunting shit and your, your orange and you go out there and you go for a deer. Hopefully you see one. Texas isn't like that. It's every, almost all hunting is through some sort of access fee. So Mm -hmm. some people listen to this and let me preface this with, if you're, this isn't going to be overtly gruesome or anything but like if you're squeamish you know don't listen to it but a lot of people have this perception of like ranch hunting or they'll call it high fence hunting this is not a high fence operation high fence is like you have deer and there's a physically a structure that they cannot get out of Mm -hmm. like it's built in a way it's almost like a big zoo like a safari zone and they're they're not wild deer necessarily and they're kind of inbred because it's a small amount and those are the kind of deer where like really you're not you it's risky to eat them because they carry all sorts of crazy shit and that's what that whole uh wasting disease that deer have i forget what it's called but uh there's like a thing right now in a lot of a lot of deer hunt deer hunting 
states like you know Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Ohio where there's uh, this chronic wasting disorder that the deer are having and it's killing people. It's giving them like mad cow disease. Very, very oh, weird. Oh, wow. Shit. Wow. Like, is it like from them handling them or, or eating them after? So it's from, it's from when a deer in a small population stay interbred and they all are eating from the same food source. So it mm-hmm. passes from deer to deer and it's a, it's a brain. It's like CTE for deers. It's weird. It, it's 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 an encephalophily or whatever. Um, yeah. I, I just it escapes me at the moment. But they, there are a lot of high fence hunting operations in Texas where you can just pay a fee. I want to shoot a zebra for whatever reason. You're a trophy hunter. You want a zebra. You can pay five thousand dollars. They'll drive you out in the middle of the field. Here you go, pal. Here's a zebra. Now, who am I to judge? I understand maybe there's some people that physically can't do what we did that night, which I'll describe here in a moment. But, like, that's an option for some people, okay? It's not the option I chose, and I'm not condemning it either way, but it's that's what some – so some people be like, oh, he went to a ranch and just popped a hog. Well, listen, there's no such thing as just popping a hog, okay? Let me tell you. I've tried to pop a hog. (laughs) You can't just pop a hog. Although, I did pop a hog. (laughs) Hog popping. That's right. Hog popping pods. Popping pods, popping hogs. Sounds like commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> shout out to the Boar Creek Ranch. Now, I have looked all over left, right, and center, uh, find uh, a ranch. And me and my boy, shout out to Big Jim. Um, we been talking over Christmas, like, dude, you got to come out. We got to get, get together, have some fun. And then one night, you know, we're texting. He's like, boom. And he sends me a screenshot. He's like, I'm coming these days. And I'm like, all right, fuck yeah, that works. And then I'm like, well, shit, let me see. And it was like maybe a month out. I'm like, let me see if I can find a somewhere that's got an opening. And like the winter is, this is like a good time in Texas. It's pretty warm. Uh, when we went end of, uh, end of February there, it's, it's warm. It's easy to go. Like good time to go. Then before I know it, my colleagues, my brothers at work, they they wanted to come too. So T-Bone, B-Money, Bobby Smack, shout out to the boys, the Hog nice. Wild crew. And uh, so we had ourselves a nice five-piece going into this. And we're all decked out. I mean, dude, we're... Yeah, no, man. And those pictures were crazy. Face paint, camo, tactical, strapped up, wrapped up, just geared up, ready to roll. It was like commando. Mm-hmm. So, Boar Creek Ranch is in this little town. Uh, it's called Tennessee Colony, Texas. Population of like 380. Real small town. Oh, yeah. And it's a dry town, dry county. So, no alcohol. You got to import it. Um, one gas station, which was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, dude, you're just like, because where we live, even, like when I first got here, one of the things that's my was like, I feel like we've moved to the country, but it's mm-hmm. still, it's not, it's like just, it's suburban, but it's like, you saw, I mean, you've been here. There's like, if you, yeah, if you drive yeah. five minutes the other direction, there's fields of cows. Like that's to me, that's, that's something. It counts for something. This is like, I, I was for the first time I was like, man, I'm in fucking Texas. Holy shit. <laughs> I moved to Texas. This is crazy. This is legit. Texas land and hogs and 300 people. Yeah, there we go. And it's funny, they, uh, so I was in the Jeep, the purple Rubicon Beast, 
mm-hmm. and uh, T Bone and the the rest of his crew were were in his very highly lifted and big tired Silverado four by four. And mm-hmm. on the directions, it was like, because there's no GPS signal, no phone signal really out there. It was like, oh, don't take this road. It's like a bad road. And then we were like, fuck it. Let's take that. And it was, dude, it was like the first time I've gotten to do Jeep shit in the Jeep <laughs> and put that bitch in four-wheel drive. And, dude, it was great. It was just muddy as fuck. I'll have to send yeah. you a picture of it all mudded up. It was pretty cool. But, dude, nice. we get there, and we did the 24-hour hunt. So we get in. We do a little – it's funny. Like, Big Jim had warned me there's this thing called – uh, buck fever. Have you ever heard this term? No. So it's a common thing apparently with hunters when they're out in the woods for the first time or not even they've been out in the woods many times, whatever it is, whatever their experience level is. And you see the animal you're hunting for the first time and you're there. You are geared up. You've got your gun. You're like, you know what I mean? Like you're ready to go. Right. And you get this adrenaline dump that just kind of triggers your fight or flight and can make your heart race and people can like pass out. Like it, there's, it, there's a legitimate thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, w- just setting foot on at the cabin and like, be, like I got all sweaty and I, my heart was racing and I was like my, I was just, I was heightened like at, immediately. And it was like weird and I've never felt, and big Jim was, was the bassist in our band. And you know, he was like, dude, you look like I've never, I've seen you at every show and like, you've never looked like this, you know, like, well, <laughs> like, you all right. And I'm like doing everything. I'm drinking fucking tea. I'm eating oranges. I'm eating beef jerky. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I must yeah. be, I must be sick or like, I must need to eat. But I was just, just my adrenaline was just out of yeah. control because you're I knew right. you're just locked in. Cause I knew exactly. I knew, Holy shit, this is it. I'm going to fucking, this is it. You know? Yeah. I'm, I've been working hard on this. So we get all geared up, and it's like that scene in Commando when Arnold's just like, ching, hung, ching, hung, thing, <laughs> you know, going in. you know, and then we put my sugar on, and we're like, and I'm putting and my ammo and my magazines. I've got my chest rig, I've mm. got my walkie-talkie, my comms, my my flashlight. I've got, my ha- I've got everything. I'm, mm-hmm. I've got a knife like you wouldn't fucking believe, dude. Like when you see this thing in person, you're gonna be like, holy shit. You know, I got this thing at the at the gun show and had it sharpened professionally. It is sharp as shit, you know. Yeah. And it's on my I've got it in its sheath on my commando on my baby. belt. I've got my drop thy holster. I've got my Is it is it bigger than the Rambo knife? It's pretty much the Rambo knife without all the serrated edges is that cuz if that wouldn't I, for my needs I didn't really need a serrated edge at that point. Mm-hmm. But and I also had my pocket, my Kershaw that I I live with now in my pocket just in case you know flashlights my little first aid kit just everything mm-hmm. my, my my beautiful rifle uh adorned on my single point strap like i'm just overdone and mm-hmm. big jim is overdone t-bone everybody's overdone all the boys and the one guide comes up and he's like hey so what's your background and i'm like what do you mean and he's like y'all have a lot of gear and stuff you guys military what's your deal and we're like no we're just enthusiasts like (laughs) no sir we're just happy texans you know and uh we're just god fearing texans but we're all fucking strapped up and ready so we get a little safety Mm -hmm. brief and it's like 6 30 and they're like okay so go out to these stands we're gonna be out there till like eight o'clock then come back we have dinner and then we go out on the night hunt 
we're out in the stands and hogs are nocturnal. And like, you don't, you're, I'm too focused on all this shit. And big Jim and I are in our, our stand and it's cool. And like, I now also understand when people say that the thing that they like about hunting is like, you're concealing your scent with the spray. I've been using hunting soap that neutralizes any smell that you have. It's no smell soap. Been mm-hmm. using that for a week. I'm spraying all my shit down. I'm covered in camo. I've literally painted my face. I'm hiding in a camouflaged tree stand. Just waiting for a hog to come up. And mm-hmm. I'm going to take it out. Well, all of a sudden, we're sitting there in the silence. And it's like looking around. It's like, man, this is beautiful. Here comes a rabbit. They have no idea we're there. Here comes a little raccoon scurries by. A couple squirrels. These pretty birds. A little pheasant. Here's a peacock. Like... You get to see nature at a level that because you're actually sitting out in the woods quietly, 100% focused on nature, you don't normally do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, when's the last time? I never do that shit, except when we're camping. And it's funny, like, camping and hunting now really makes sense together to me. Mm -hmm. So I hope to do the combine the two at some point. But anyway, we're we're in the stand. All of a sudden, I hear, like, I think it's the the one of the guy the guides checking because like it's a two hundred something acre ranch and they mm-hmm. just tell you like they give you the safety briefing they tell you like okay here's where the feeders are set up we try to lure them in with the food but these are wild animals and like you may get an opportunity to shoot one you may not it's not like it's not like a guaranteed thing where like some places you go and they really like basically hold your gun and your dick for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like yeah, where they're just trying to stroke your ego. This is like, they own this land and that area is infested with these animals that are destroying everything. Mm -hmm. And like, it is their business. Sure. They have a vested interest in their being, being there. But like at a certain point, like they're just living off the land that they own. You know what I mean? Like they happen to be like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Or hard to hard to relate if you're not pro hunting, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. at least like you don't. Some people are just super turned off by it, which I can understand. But I, I think you just don't. I think you don't understand if that's your. Because I didn't understand and I was against it, but now look at me now. I hear these fucking loud ass steps, and I think it's the guide coming to check on us or something. But they mm-hmm. would, they said they would text us so that way we don't shoot them. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right, then I'm thinking right. like, no, they would have, you know. Next thing we know, we see, and it's like 6.45, 7 o'clock, we see a giant hog run past us. And it just came up from behind us and ran straight up our left, like, to our, like, 11 o'clock and disappeared off into the woods. Now, I had been using a hog call, and they were making fun of me at first. Like, oh, yeah, he's going to hog one in. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Watch me do it. And when I did that, dude, it that's when we got, the fir- during the daytime, this hog just went running towards something. Mm-hmm. And it hadn't been spooked by anybody behind us. So I think it thought there was a female up ahead. And right then, dude, I knew, like, holy shit, dude, we're going to get one tonight. Like, there they are. They're out here. They're huge. I can't believe how big it is. Yeah. And that's kind of wild how fast it is. Like, you get a real respect for, like, right away for how worthy of a prey they are you know what i mean like mm-hmm, they're not mm-hmm. like and i haven't hunted deer and some hunters are probably listening it's like what is this first time or fucking now well you're right what do i know it could be way more difficult and i'm sure there are i know there are but like deer aren't really going to kill you hogs kill people all the time 
you know, bears, like it would be like bear hunting, you know, or shark fishing. Like mm-hmm. there's an element to it that's dangerous. That's like that to me is exciting. So we end up not, that was the only hog we see. So we go back and they're like, all right, well, you can go on the night. We can do the thermal. And we're like, I've spent more on less fulfilling things. Of course, we're doing <laughs> fucking thermal. Yeah. So I had done a lot of practice with my equipment. This was a completely different gun, different caliber firearm. One, a, a caliber that I'd never personally shot. Every time I have an opportunity to shoot a different caliber, I shoot it because I want to know what it feels like to mm-hmm. discharge. Just so that way I know what I'm in for if I ever need to do it again, if that makes any sense. It makes total sense. And I'd never had, I'd never run one of these. It was 6.5 Creedmoor, which is a very large hunting round. It's like twice the size of the AR rounds that we that we uh, ran, you know, these, these little guys mm-hmm. right here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get all set up. We, we go out and they're demonstrating. He's explaining how all the functions of the thermal works and how it records. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, we'll spot them. And then we're going to go in order of th- this order. This person's going to go first and then we'll all engage. Like we had like a, he, he's a former military himself. So he had a very like, we had like rules of engagement basically, which was really cool. And like, we were all hyper-focused on, and I've told you, and I've shared on the podcast, one of the things I love about practicing shooting is like, anytime you handle a firearm, it's a life or death situation. Every, every gun is loaded. You need to Mm -hmm. handle every gun like it's loaded and ready to go. No matter how many times you prove to yourself that it's clear. And that's what develops safe habits. And to be out there, safety off, ready to go. Yep. You know what I mean? It's fucking on. It's the real deal. And if you miss this shot, there's a likelihood that they'll, they'll turn and run towards you to try and hurt you, especially if they have babies with them, they'll, they'll run at you. And, these things are big enough that they could easily knock you down. And if you get on the ground and you've got a 130 pound wild animal, good luck. You know, imagine a 130 pound dog with teeth that are the length of a Blistex tube and sharp, like your steak knives. Imagine how that would go for you. Yeah. So he explains all this shit to us. He's checking his trail cameras, which is pretty amazing how this guy can see all 300, 200 to 250, whatever the acreage is of his property through all these trail cameras that he has wired up throughout the whole complex. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, this area looks good. So we go to the furthest end of the property in this back of this pickup truck. And as soon as we're pulling out, I've gotten really good at learning what the different sound, and I think it's partially because of my music musical background is that I, I can mm-hmm. identify sounds and pitch. I know, I know the difference between certain calibers when I hear them, especially outdoors. And I know the sound of gunfire versus the sound of fireworks. Like, I know it very well. I'm around it every weekend. And I hear a shot go off in the direction that we're leaving. And I'm like, oh, that was a 7.62. Brian must have just got one. And then we get a text. B-Money's like, yeah, got one. And we're like, dude, fuck yeah. So we're driving out mm-hmm. 10 o'clock at night, all decked out in camo with our thermal, thermal scopes, just geeked up because our boy just got one first you know so we get out there and the hardest part of this dude believe it or not for me was walking quietly like i'm not a quiet mover at all like Mm -hmm. i need to Mm -hmm. work on 
my footwork. Stealth, your ninja step, your Dude. shadow step. Well, here's the thing. Like, you watch any movie or TV show, anybody that's walking with a firearm or they're looking down the sights, they make it look so easy. But, like, doing it in real life, for real, because you need to be paying attention, and, like, <laughs> you're also walking through sticks and potholes and mud pits and crazy Texas shit, rattlesnakes maybe, you know, you have no fucking mm-hmm. clue what's out there. It's not easy to be – so we're walking like sand people, you know, yeah. single file line to conceal our numbers through the woods. And we've all got our rifles, and we've got we're, – we're on our safeties, and we're, we're moving the rifles in a certain way safely to make sure that we're not flagging anybody or putting anybody at risk. And you're looking down the thermal sights, dude, and it's like you're the fucking predator. Literally, I know because you're (laughs) you're it's it's pitch black. You're walking as quietly as possible. Your scent is concealed. You're moving quickly. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. This is a fucking workout, dude. Like there is no I need to get in better shape so I can hunt more effectively because like you could end up being out there till middle of the night and you're going to be crawling through sticks and shit and crouching and creeping and you've got to maintain your balance long enough to hold a Mm -hmm. shot like Dude, it was a fucking workout. So you're looking through you're looking through this thermal scope that can see infinitely basically. And dude, I'm seeing rabbits like 300 yards away, you know? Wow. Like a frog queefs a mile down the line and you can practically smell it through that scope. Like it is wow. unbelievable. Like if you looked at they had a freezer outside. He's like, "Yeah, you want to see some cool? Look at the freezer." We looked at the freezer through the thermal scope, and you can see the coils through the metal, like that. You know what I mean? Like it can see yeah. through objects. So, That's like, cool. Part of the difficulty when you're doing this is when you're looking down your scope, because it can fucking see through trees to pick up heat signatures and shit, like light smaller trees. You may take a shot that goes right into a tree. Like you don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right, it could seem right. like it's ready to go, but it, it hit a stick. It's just so powerful, but the stick was big enough that it could redirect the bullet, but it, it's not big enough that the thermal can't see through it, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it fills in the heat signature for you of whatever it is. So, like, you're out there in the dark, miles away from anybody else, and you're looking through the things. Not only do you see bunnies and frogs and whatever – pools of whatever urine from other animals yeah you see these fucking wild hogs all over the place and it's like you get to a certain point and they're like chilling in packs and then you try to maneuver your way through a shot so we were walking maybe a mile maybe maybe three quarters of a mile and we see the first group and i'm first up yeah so we get down the guide's like, all right, here. Like he, he's like, hang on. He dropped, drop your bag. Do that. Like I, he had his bag. We start working our way up, and we're maybe it's hard to tell distance now in the video. Like it's zeroed at at thirty five yards, and I hit him. And this is, and I know this from from in the moment here, but based off where I hit the the hog, I know I was very close to zero, meaning where the target was through the scope is where the round entered Mm -hmm. so it was somewhere between like 35 and maybe 60 yards yeah okay 
I get down. He's like, okay, right there. And you watch the video. I've got it perfectly lined up. The guide starts doing this like <laughs> shit to, to make the pig look, the, the wild boar look in my direction in mm-hmm. the dark. And uh, it threw me off because like I'm, dude, again, I have looked down range at a paper target hundreds of times and sent thousands of rounds. I've shot bird, uh, clay birds, you know, I've spent countless hours playing Call of Duty all that preparation, all of that shit, all that does is teach you mechanics. Looking down the sights of a live firearm with the safety off, with your finger on the trigger, ready to take any life is a wild experience. And it's, you are, it's like your head is in a tunnel at least for me. And I was barely able to breathe. Okay. Because I was so focused and I'm trying to tell myself like, you know, okay, come yeah, on, breathe through yeah. this. You've got to focus. You've got to pay attention. You got to listen. Right now. Again, I'm using a gun that I've never shot. Not even one practice shot at night. I just went out with it thinking, okay, I'll be fine. And obviously you don't want to shoot on an outdoor range at night. That's kind of not very safe thing to do. So we just went right out anyway. And I'm also not used to this kind of, this is a scope. It's got the actual, it's got something you put your eye up to. And I'm used to the distance I see through with a red dot, you know, which is for open sites called like an open site. So you can see around it. A scope, you have to kind of put your eye up to it. Like think like a peephole through a door window mm-hmm. at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get down. I feel like I've got it a perfect shot. The guide is doing the... And it's distracting me to the point where at first I thought there was a hog nearby. So I kind of pulled back. I'm looking around. And then he's like, no, 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 you're good. You're good. I pull the trigger. Boom. I miss the hog. The hog runs. Immediately, Mm -hmm. immediately Mm -hmm. I know, fuck, I'm cut. Because the scope smacked me. And you don't see it now. I wish I had a picture of it. You can see it if you zoom in on the photo I sent you. But I had a nice big gash right here on the inside of my eyebrow. Yeah. Immediately I knew I was cut because you just, when you cut your forehead or you get hit with something, you know. And I'm sweating and I'm also, and it's dark. I, I feel my head. I can feel the blood. I can feel the, you know. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And, and they're like, what's wrong? I'm like, I fucking scoped myself, which is also embarrassing because it's like something that Elmer Fudd does is he scopes himself. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like Mr. Tactical Gear here. <laughs> I'm, I should know better. And also, I thought that I had cut myself so bad that I needed stitches. Right. Because of how much I was bleeding at first. And I was like, shit, he's going to make me, like, by liability, he's going to make me go back. And I'm going to have ruined my fucking hunt on the first shot at 1045 mm-hmm. at night. And so I'm pissed, dude. And it's funny, in the video, I didn't realize the video was recording audio. But mm-hmm. in hindsight, it's cool to have because you can hear me saying, I'm like, fuck. Like, I knew, yeah. like, you can hear in my voice that I knew I made yeah. a mistake. And the guys are like, it's all right, man. Shake it off. Shake it off. Like, you know, they, they cut my boys had my back. Right. So yep. we start walking maybe another 50, 60 yards. Now I'm pissed. Okay. And we're looking down the thermals and I'm following the guide. We're looking through, we're looking through and we see something. He goes, hey, here we go. Hang on, hang on. 
And these are somewhere between, like I said, 35 and 60 yards away. It's hard mm-hmm. to tell just based off of I know how far we walked to go up to it. So right. I get down, and what what he wanted us to do, like really how you would do a, a shot like this, is you get down on one knee, so you're, you're basically your right knee goes into the ground, and you sit back on your heel of your right leg, and you get really kind of angular on your front left leg and all your weight is on your back because on your back leg because when you fire that gun you need to be have you need to be grounded you know and so i'm in i'm in this position and and he's like here we go here's three right here and i'm like which one you know and he's like either one you got a good shot on and so i I, i'm looking down the sights and i this time i knew what i needed to do differently Took a deep breath. I'm looking right at it. Boom. Didn't hesitate. Just pulled the trigger. And, dude, I'm st- and he was saying, after you shoot your, your instinct, because it, normally you're going to want to look up out of your sights, but it's pitch black. You need to stay on target. Because if you need to take a follow-up shot, again, the ethics of being, an, uh, of being a good hunter, you need to honor the animal. You need to be respectful. You need to do it in a way that it doesn't suffer. That's the whole point. And with an animal like a hog that's 100 plus pounds, their fur is so tough, their skin, their cartilage is super tough. Like they are, they've been, they have reports of them getting shot clear in the head and running off and living 10 years. Like they're just super hard to kill. You've really got two spots to get them in through the eyes or in through the ears on the head and then uh, through the shoulder blade to get their heart. If, if, because they're built like a human. Imagine you get down on all fours. That's where all of the hogs' vitals are. It's not like a deer. So deer hunters sometimes try to treat it like a deer. It doesn't work out for them. And they'll run for fucking miles, as Big Jim and T-Bone learned. Uh, luckily, I didn't have to do that. But anyway, I get this guy right through, right above the eye. Put him down. We get to him. Like I said, it's hard to tell exactly how far, but I felt like we walked for maybe 20 seconds. So maybe I could probably cover that ground 40 yards, 50 yards. I don't know. Somewhere around that. It wasn't a, cl- it was not a close shot, but it wasn't a hundred yard shot by any means, but yeah. it was definitely a further shot than I normally practice shooting. And I credit that to all the practice and all of the focus on doing the, like if the ultimate goal is a quarter, just start there. Like right. I get why some people like, and maybe in hindsight it probably frustrated me at many times and it did, but like I don't know, Dare, you're probably the same way when it comes to working towards a goal, right? Yeah, you got to be locked in and hyper focused, mm-hmm. and you know all of your senses are heightened. That's just kind of how it is, especially when it's like right upon you. You know what I mean? So oh, dude, and so the it 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 had appeared, and again, if you're if you're squeamish. Fast forward through the next 30 seconds of this. It The hog went down, and we had everybody looking through the thermals. The hog went down and wasn't really moving. When we got to it, it was still, it was still partial. It was still alive, but it couldn't really move. So I had to, I had to finish it. I had to do the right thing. And, um, I did it and it was a powerful experience because 
I went up to the animal. I kind of, everybody was, it was interesting because everybody was quiet after it happened. And I was the first to walk up to it. They had the light on it. And I kind of got down on a knee. I put my hand on it and I felt it. And I just, in my head said like, you know, thank you. Because I know I'm going to take you home and I'm going to feed my family with, with you. And uh, unfortunately for you, Mr. Hogg, I have a lot of experience with pulled pork and uh, ham. So not a good day to be a wild boar in Texas. <laughs> so we get this thing up. It's And, and dude, again, I don't want to be too graphic, but we're looking at this and, he, and the guy's like, holy shit, what did you hit this with? And I told him and he's like, oh, <laughs> that makes sense then, you know, and it was just busted up and not fit for a public photo. And he, we were like staging it. So like he could get a photo of me with it. And he's like, which side do you want? And we're all looking at, it. I was like, it's gotta be that side so that I could show my wife. Like <laughs> it was, it was tough. And, uh, again, it gives you the ultimate respect of what firearms can do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and why they're so important, but why they're so, dangerous and why you need to have that respect for what it is and what it can do. Because when you see it firsthand, you're like, Whoa, okay. Got it. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? I don't want to see that anywhere other than right here. Yep. And I didn't know how I was going to react to killing an animal because I do love animals, but at the same time, I also have, I know I have this partition in my brain where it's like, I think we have dominion. I believe we have dominion over the land and the sea and the animals and the the bugs and the trees and the mangoes and all that shit. Mm -hmm. Especially the mangoes. I love mangoes. Mangoes are pretty good. Elite elite fruit. Elite super fruits. Super super fruit. Super fruit. I think, you know, I have no ethical qualms. You know, but at the same time, I'll come home and I love my pit bulls. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, to me, I, you can do both. You can be an animal mm-hmm. lover and also a hunter. And if once you understand it at a certain level, you're like, hunting is part of loving animals. But anyway, I thought I might get emotional. I thought I might have a hard time doing it. I learned that, no, I'm not. And I do have the ability to do whatever it takes whenever, if I need to do anything with an animal, you know? So... And I learned I have this, it's weird, dude. It turns on from like the back of your fucking mm-hmm. subconscious. You're like, I am a hunter. Like yeah. you, you yeah. just, you just know you're like, Oh, I've been, my DNA has been doing this for thousands mm-hmm. of years. And I just unlocked a part of my subconscious that I had no idea existed. And all I can think about now is hunting and the act of, stalking something down literally walking around following tracks stalking something down Mm -hmm. hunting it shooting it ethically harvesting it getting it back to camp okay now my boy big jim had me i'm you know how competitive i am he he made a comment oh yeah i want to skin it with you and i was like i would i he was saying this to the guy i'd been telling myself yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna skin it too but as soon as he said it, I knew I was like, I got to get it done first. I got to have already done it by the time he gets to it. Mm-hmm. That'll make him have to do it. 
So I go back. I'm like, I want to skin this right now. Like, and we were going to switch out because of the thermal thing. The other guy was coming out. Mm-hmm. You guys stay. I'm going to go take care of the animal. And then I'll go out on the night hunt in the stands, just out there. Anyway, I get back. Dude, I skin this thing fully. I quarter this thing. I mm-hmm. cut its head off. Okay. Mm-hmm. As you know, mm-hmm. I'll send you the video. Mm-hmm. Cleaned it up on the on the, you know, like a like a, it's like a gutting station. It's like a it's like a metal. It looks like an industrial kitchen. It's like a metal stainless steel metal kitchen top with a couple big sinks. Mm-hmm. And I'm trimming this thing up. And he's like, okay, well, if you're going to do this, you want to cut it like this. And I'm learning about, and also I want to say about skinning an animal. I thought I was going to have a, I thought that was going to be hard for me to do. But I just was like, oh, I put on some gloves. It was nothing. Like I just did it. And it was, again, it was like, holy shit, I've got some sort of genetic memory of, this is how you do things. Like, this is not weird. It's weird. It's weird. What's weird is going to fucking McDonald's and getting a quarter pounder. You know what I mean? Like, of some crazy processed animal that's never lived in the wild. Like, that's fucking weird. This is, like, this is very normal. And uh, I I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't gross. Because, you know, because the interesting thing is once you get the hide off, it looks like the grocery store. Just together and then absolutely and then before you know it you're like oh that's why it's called a ham Mm -hmm. i had no idea i'm an idiot i just thought that was the butt cheek or something Mm -hmm. no it's like look at your hamstring cut that in half take the whole thing off spread it out put it back together stick it in a little little net now it's a ham oh that's what they mean bone in ham got Mm -hmm. it Mm-hmm. It's interesting, but it's also funny I, how stupid I, I was. I think like the biggest thing that like sticks out to me is is just not only the the heightened senses that you have, but then also kind of like like you're saying that partition of your brain where it's like your intention isn't just to do this for sport. Like I think that's the difference, and I think a lot of people who you know kind of have that oh. Uh, hunting and killing animals whatever like well well yeah if you're if your intention in your head is to think like well people are just going out there because they love to shoot shit and just like kill animals and it's like whatever like that's it and then hey let me go home and talk to my buddies about it like that that does exist and it's and it's and it, and it is a thing but something like this to where like you know you have respect for the animal you hunt the animal you quarter the animal, you clean the animal, and then you actually consume it so that it feeds your family. That's a whole different thing. That's an entirely different, um, that's an entirely different in to in than, than, you know, people who, you know, have that like sinking feeling like, Oh man, he's out there killing them. This it's totally different. Like, because those same individuals, they wouldn't do it to, if like one, what you're doing is you're sharpening, sharpening a set of skills um, of survival. Like that's, that's, that's what you're doing. You know what I mean? And to go out fully commit to it, do it. And then to bring that handle, I feel like that's respect. You know what I mean? That's respect. 
Oh, yeah. And like that's it's to me, um, that's a commendable thing. You know what I mean? Because now you have a skill set that like, hey man, if something goes down, if the world were to end tomorrow, I think we were talking about this earlier, if an EMP just dropped in our areas and like it's an extinction level event, how do you survive? There's no there's no jewels, there's no Osco, there's no CVS, there's you know, there's no meat packing plant where you can go to and just, you know, get it all slapped up in plastic. You have to go out there and fend for yourself and fend for your family. You know what I'm saying? So Dude, yeah. No, and it's that's, like that's huge. I, I think it's part like living through I've seen now in my lifetime like nine eleven, which was outlandish and everything that happened after it, which led us headfirst into COVID. Which if you had said in twenty fourteen that that was going to happen. And so now it's more like you fuck me twice. Shame on me. I'm not going to get fucked a third time. I'm going to start putting some skills together because at the grizzled age of 33 and a half, I'm starting to see that this shit is very flimsy and there is no guarantee about any of that. You know what I'm saying, dude? And like you said, you might have to do it or it's a very, again, the Texas or, or it's an extremely awesome ethical way for you to be a, a conservationist. You're not contributing to factory farming. I've got, I've got a year's worth of pork in our, we got a freezer just for this. I've got a year's worth of pork in there that, that we harvested ethically that those hogs had a great life. They were doing their thing and then they all got killed with a very merciful way not like the way that they go in an industrial farm. And then they got harvested and taken home and I'm going to feed my family with it for a year. And dude, if you have, if you can't get down with that, like one of my, my next goal is I want to provide 50% of the meat through hunting. Like I want to start and there's, I want to get towards that, you know? And also I'm looking at, you know, my parents and I are looking at splitting a cow. And so getting all of it, you know, a, uh, independent farmers, you know, grass fed cow that's raised well, executed well, and, you know, processed to be healthy instead of just getting this crazy shit that you have no idea what kind of hormones and antibiotics that they're pumping you full of that you're eating all the time. Yeah. I just, I just think that that's, that's a whole new level of, um, just like respect to actually on on your own merit, go out one, learn ethically learn and then research and then train yourself. Like that's coming. Like this is what people don't realize. It's like, you've been thinking about this and training yourself for a full year to commit to it and then do it. And now you're providing your family with food. Dude. I like how many people, 100%. how many people, how many people are literally saying, you know what? Like my intention is to provide my family with food and to do it by my own merit with my own hands, knowing exactly what it is that I'm killing, harvesting. And then it's, it's absolutely from the wild. You know what I mean? Like, get, like that's it. Some people say it's caveman shit, but no, like this, it's like real life. Cause again, like I said, if something really goes down, there is no Sam's club, right? There is, you know, like you, you cannot just, go to Wegmans and, 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 and do what you gotta do. You gotta get out there. And I mean, I'm and we don't really dip into it too much, but I mean, just think about it. If you got tons of people 
who don't have those skills and shit gets real, what do you think happens? Right. Well, and again, we saw a taste of that in 2020, you know, in the 20 summer of love there. But it's, so I want to talk about the cooking. So you're supposed to really let game meat sit for like 24, 48 hours. So I did that. And I said, you know what? I am going to, again, I have pulled pork and just pork shoulder is something that I've been doing almost the entire time uh, that I've been smoking is, is like pork. You know, I love doing pork, whether it's ribs or tenderloins or you are an expert at the smoker with ham, the pork. That is for sure. Ham. That is for sure. Pork is my sport. So I should get a shirt made. You should. Pork is my sport. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat this fucker like any other pork shoulder I've made. I'm just going to do the same basic recipe, but I'm going to make it a little spicier because I've had wild boar ribs and they were fantastic, but it was definitely a healthier, it, it not healthier, heartier taste and earthier flavor because domestic pigs, like the pink cute pig you're thinking of that gets sent to the slaughterhouse that lives horrible conditions. They're fed sugar, grain, Skittles, garbage, slop, like they're, they're fed garbage. And it's not good for you. These animals eat roots, shitload of acorns, blueberries, strawberries, like whatever fruit they can get in the wild and like tons of acorns and ground nuts. Like they're into nuts. Who'd have thought? So there's like definitely a, there's like a nutty flavor to it. That's, that's interesting. And it looks, it looks just like, like you can tell, first of all, that this animal is athletic. It's, it's muscle is, is strong, you know, and it's a little tougher than like a domestic pig, but that's also like, that's a good thing. You want to eat animals that are active. And that's why people talk about eating venison is like, gives them this extra energy or like elk, things like that where you're like what is this like why am i feeling this way and you don't get that full-blown like you know when you've had a crazy workout and you eat like a really good steak it just fuels you back up it almost has that kind of effect where it's like whoa what am i eating here like and it's it's different you know but it it's it's delicious so i smoked it for about 10 hours got a beautiful bark on it pulled it sauced it up pulled pork pork tacos, you name it. It was wonderful. And, you know, my wife and I enjoyed it, gave some to my parents. They enjoyed it. Nice. And it was just great to be, like I said, to do all the, every bit of research from like, I'm going to go hog hunting to, okay, I've got all the gear. I got to the ranch. We booked the appointment. You know what I mean? And then you get one, you harvest it, and then you cook it, and then you stand there. And there was a moment, dude, when I had gotten it off the smoker, and I'm looking at it, and I, I carve it up, and I'm like, I like hesitated for a second. Not, I just wanted to one last second of not knowing what this is going to be like just to savor this moment. And then I took a bite and I was like, dude, it's great. Like it's great. Like that's, and I don't know how much of it was just because I did it, you know, and I did all of it. Like some people could, nobody would have been like, Oh, that's nobody would have condemned me for not skinning it and harvesting it myself. Like 
anybody been like, oh, that makes sense that you had somebody else do it, like whatever. But I, you know, if you're gonna do it, you at that point, you got to go for it. Nah, it's again, like I said, like I, I just my biggest thing is um, the, the 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 power of like it's again. I, I don't want to like compare this with like something like you know like production or anything like that, but like an idea being birthed in your mind and then going out on a shoot and directing all of the images that you want to see to comprise this film work and feature and then getting behind the keyboard and instrumentation and, and literally putting all of these stitching these moments together to create something that millions of people are going to see. I can only say that I can only, probably say that 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 feeling of how you consume the animal is akin to something like that because it was like you had the intention in your mind you went out yeah you researched you uh you you thought ethically about it you you went out and you uh with with mercy went out hunted gathered core like literally quarried cleaned and then you know, after you're smoking it 10 hours and you're eating it and you can say like, listen, like I've had every hand right. from the beginning to the end of this until it's in my family's belly and hoping to keeping them alive. That's, that, that's just a powerful thing. I can't say that. I can't say that I've, well, I've done anything like, you know, gonna, what I mean? but that's next you time know. you come out, you're coming, we're going hog hunting and we're going Hell on a yeah. thermal hunt and you're going to, shoot a hog and then we're going to smoke it and then you're going to eat it and you're going to be like, Oh, I'm hooked. Like it's going to be, it's so, it's just, like I said, I want to go get a mountain lion. I want to get, I'm, und, I'm I think I'm, I think my thing is predator hunting. <laughs> it's a predator who hunts predators is, is what I think I am. And uh, bobcats, coyotes, dog. I was back at the camp by myself for a little bit when the guy went out to go pull uh, Brian's B Money's hog back. Yeah. How big was, was, was yours? So the biggest, yours okay, is your size. Mine was actually the smallest. It was like 97 pounds or 96 pounds, 96.8 pounds, something like that. Then the next biggest one was like 121 pounds. And then there was 137 and then a 148. It was fucking Holy huge. Holy crap, I mean, dude. The head on it was just humongous. I mean, it was a big animal. Uh, so. They're like, if you see coyotes, just shoot them. Now, coyotes are a huge problem in Texas. And they're becoming a problem if people don't act up the way they should soon. Um, coyotes are going to start snatching people's toddlers and dogs and, you know, people, adults. Like, they're, they're, they're a problem. They're, they're evil little bastards. They can jump a six-foot fence like no problem with a dog in its mouth. Um, How, like, like, are they big? Are coyotes, coyotes big? They're like... They look like little wolves. They're like small dogs. Gotcha. But what they do is they hunt in packs like wolves. Gotcha. So I'll send you this video. It is the creepiest shit. I'm back at the campsite by myself. My hog's up on the skinning rack, and I'm waiting for him to come back so we can start. And all of a sudden, I hear coyotes not too far, maybe maybe 100 yards. And it was right yeah. across the lake that I was at. And I'm by the fire. And when they get something and it was probably a small hog, they start howling to each other as they're eating it. Cause they'll eat it right away and they'll eat a hog, a wild hog down to nothing. They'll eat the bones and everything. It's crazy. Wow. They got something 
and it was like it if it wasn't 50 to 70 coyotes like i don't know how many there were dude it was a fuck a load of them and they're howling as and you can hear them ripping something apart it's crazy and i'm sitting there by myself at the campsite having just shot my first hog and i've got my ar with me and my flashlights and shit i'm just like all right i guess they're not like here we go i'm gonna get into a a coyote war like (laughs) dude Mm -hmm. It was, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy 24 hours and yeah. I, I cannot wait to do it again. And I'm, I'm not, t- I'm not kidding you, bro. We're going and you're going to love it. Heck yeah. It's just, it's as primal as it gets. Um, again, busy couple of weeks here. Uh, we apologize for the delay, but won't, hopefully won't happen again soon. Um, another week, another pod. We're blessed. We're highly favored. I love you, man. Thank you for always uh, love you too, bro, for being a bro. And, um, We'll catch you guys next week. Yeah.